0: Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any room, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true.
1: Welcome to the Night podcast about eight seasons in a row. I'm Lisa Fernandes and.
2: I'm Chris Drywardna. Hello.
1: And we're reviewing the final episode of season three of Laverne Shirley Breaking Up and Making Up and then Frank. It was directed by Alan Rafkin and written by Phil Foster, who plays Frank DeFazio and Marion Zola. But you get some facts about them, don't you, Chris?
2: I do got some facts about it. So we're going to talk about the writers first. Um, Marion Zola uh, wrote a few episodes of TV in the 1970s, but primarily was a writer of books. She taught English in New York, according to her bio, by the way, on her Goodreads page, she taught English in New York before heading to LA to pursue screenwriting. And she got to co-write this episode along with doing an episode of the love boat and one for all in the family. Um, She's a big advocate advocate for dogs and she's written and produced the shelter me documentary series Nice. and then yeah we have phil foster on writing just wait pop pop is that you what are you doing writing uh, the scripts yeah. oh god oh god L- lisa <laughs> the inmates have taken over the prison you may need to sound the alarm
1: hey that already happened when michael and david wrote too
2: that's true <laughs> that's right. true that's no, no 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 that this is the inmates <laughs> taking over the prison that was the loonies running the asylum
1: there you go
2: But but anyway, we'll we'll get to this episode. It's really cute and feelsy. But um, but interestingly, uh, Phil Foster also co-wrote on the same Love Boat episode as Marion Zola before this. And he also wrote one of the Brooklyn short films that he starred in during the 1950s. Brooklyn was a character that he played in uh, kind of a series of shorts and things. I don't know if they were for television. It's kind of hard to find information about it, but it was a project he was active in at that time. He actually will write one more episode for the show, which I don't know yes. if you have any information about to talk about that now or if you want to wait until that comes up. I think it's another season we'll hold, or
1: two. We'll hold it. We'll hold it. We'll hold it. We'll get there. We will get there as a story. So, Phrase.
2: <laughs> so, finally, this is our last Alan Rafkin episode. Um, as we mentioned, you know, season three was pretty much all Rafkin all the time. This was yes. an enormous amount of work that was able to get him some other gigs. It was, you know, great training. Yes. He ended up going on to work on various other projects, including yeah. winning an Emmy for uh, One Day at a Time. Yeah. He wrote a uh, rather interesting um, kind of, I would call it an autobiography slash tell-all book uh, yeah. <laughs> in the late 1990s called uh, Q, was it uh, Q the Bunny on the Rainbow or something like that? Yes. I,
1: I, I, yeah, yeah.
2: And uh, which refers to his time as starting out on uh, Captain Kangaroo as a yeah. stagehand, it sounds like. So tonight we catch. So okay. So tonight I have this quote from a uh, interview from when he was doing. He was doing the the the, the book tour, you know, for yes. for for his 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 tell all.
0: Yes.
2: Um. He said of Laverne and Shirley, "It was one of the most unpleasant series I have ever directed," <laughs> and he called Penny Penny Marshall and Cindy Williams undisciplined and bratty.
1: <laughs> That's a typical review. <laughs>
2: And, uh, of his blunt tone for his autobiography, he responded, I'm too old and too rich. I don't care. I'm 70 years old. He, uh, and he did indeed pretty much, uh, direct until the end of his days. He, uh, passed away about a year or two after this interview, but, uh, you know, it's, it's finally, as we give our last salute to Alan Rafkin, who did some wonderful episodes this past season, we highly recommend watching many of them and, uh. And also to, to, to listen to our coverage of them as well, because we tried yeah. to make note of you know, Rafkin's technique. But uh, he would go on overall through his career, would direct episodes of over 80 different sitcoms, which I have to say is one hell of a prolific career. Yeah. And he was quite a character. So kudos, Alan. It's good to have you with us.
1: While his review of working the show matches the review of many people who worked on the show. Multiple reviews have said similar things, sadly. Oh, backstage drama you keep following us from the Okay, this is what the episode is about. When Edna's handsome and younger ex-husband Johnny shows up to see her and take her out to dinner, jealousy begins to ferment in Frank. But he tells her she can and should see whoever she wants to see, even though they're going together. They fight, and he soon begins to panic when she actually does go out with Johnny. But he pretends to be aloof in regard to the situation. They soon have another fierce fight, and Edda threatens to break up with Frank over his coldness and lack of respect. The girls play peacemaker by speaking to them individually, then arrange a date between them. Can this relationship be saved? What do you think of this episode?
2: Oh boy, um, emotions, yeah. a lot of emotions, really um, yeah. yeah, um, it's, it, of course, it figures right that Phil Foster would write probably one of the best you know, pathos laden uh yeah. <laughs> Papa Frank episodes for yeah. the show. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a, it's interesting that it's, I also loved how they wrote Edna for this yeah. episode defiant. Yeah. I, I, you and I were talking between recordings about yeah. how it's, it's like, you see the comparison of Edna as the person who understands the relationships come and go, but the ones that matter, yeah. you know, stick around. I mean, she's been married God, was it six times? Five times? Seven yeah, times?
1: Yeah. It was five times.
2: Five times. Five times that...
1: In I think Honeymoon Hotel was the first time it's mentioned. It was five okay. times.
2: And it's a it's a case where um she kind of, you know, gets it, you know. She's you know, she's been around a lot. She's done she's done it all, you know, as as Laverne very very uh foot in mouth put it. <laughs> And I was just going to comment. Then on the flip side is Frank, yeah. who, you know, lost the, you know, in in some respects, kind of the love of his life, you know, for, you know, someone who, a woman who meant a lot to him, even though it was a range marriage, but it yeah. was something that clicked and worked. And, you know, he loved Laverne's mother very much. Yeah. And, you know, to think that, you know, all these years without really even in many, I mean, it, it you know, yeah, he had needs, you know, I'm sure he, yeah. he, he dated and all that, but, um, yeah. You know, he never found someone as special as Edna to settle down with. And yeah. I think it, it's interesting seeing his insecurity, his jealousy, and, you know, because it's like, I almost wonder if like, he felt like he, he already had his one perfect shot yeah. and he took it and life dealt him a bad hand Yeah, and now he's not sure with this one. So anyway, there's a lot of emotions that are going to come out on this one.
1: Yeah. We never find out how Laverne's mother died either. She's just, we just know oh that gosh. she died when Laverne was a little girl. And even though Penny has said that her mom died while they were still in Brooklyn, uh, she is definitely buried in Milwaukee. So she had to have died when Laverne was around six or five. So that was... Uh, wow. So Frank's been single for a long, long time by the time he started. Well, technically single. he's been dating other women. He was dating the girl's upstairs neighbor at one point. So, as we remember from season
0: mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm.
1: But... This is the first serious relationship he has embarked on since uh, his mom passed away. Uh, a lot of it's uh, beautifully written, beautifully thought out. These, this is the first time Frank gets to have extra layers. Uh, just like Carmine got to have extra layers in the episode prior to this one, Frank gets to grow layers. And you get to see this kind of tough, burly guy who's made his own way and worked hard kinda show his hurt soft core in that he has, you know, as you said, took a shot, uh, went into his arranged marriage with this woman, uh, ended up meeting the love of his life, ended up having a kid with her, they were really happy, and then she got taken away from them. Yeah, so loving again is hard. This is where he takes a shot, and with Edna, it works out, and then it in season eight. No. Anyway.
2: Oh, god uh season eight is is like one of those like you can see the the flashing lights eight blocks away you know and you know it's some horrible horrible accident you're just gonna see just yeah. this carnage that you're gonna have you have to drive by there's no place you can turn off it's all this narrow traffic yeah. you know yeah. and it's oh god but anyway yeah. but yeah um What's interesting also about this episode to to me is how um, despite, you know, as much as we're talking about the weight of it and the discussion of it, the character stuff of it, it's, it's a very funny episode. Yes. It's uh, yes. despite the kind of awkward, poorly aged dance number at the beginning.
1: God. Oh God. Has that aged so poorly. Yep. And for those who haven't watched the episode before, it opens with the performance of Running Bear, uh, which was a hit in the 50s. I think it was the 50s. Uh, by Johnny Preston. It was written by the big bopper of all people, all people, JP Richardson. Uh, the song has not aged well. At all. <laughs> At all.
0: Uh,
1: the girls perform it well dressed as two caricatures of Native American people uh, with the feathered headband. On each of them. Carmine's wearing buckskin. And a coonskin cap. Like he is Davy Crockett's. And it ends with the girls. Making a. You know that horrible stereotypical gesture. Where people make fun of Native American people. With the hands the mouth. That. It ends with that. And of all of the songs. That could have stayed extant. And intact. On the DVD. Like. The wonderful duet between Betty and Eddie on personality in The Dentist. This is the number they paid for, and this is the number that's Extent on the DVD. God. Why, I don't know, but I wish it wasn't there. Yep. Ugh.
2: And and I mean, this is coming from two people. We like westerns and things like that, but it's just it's one of those these are the types of bits that just kind of make us go very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um. Thankfully, that's yeah. that goes away after yes. about ninety seconds, about two minutes of the episode, and yeah. we get to get move right into Frank and Edna yeah. canoodling, which is what my mom said. She was yeah. like, "Oh, they're canoodling," and. Yeah. The, until
1: Edna has to go make sure nobody's using spoons as a shoehorns down the bowling, bowling alley. Yeah. Oh, until and, that happens.
2: God. Yeah, Surely lecturing There's about sanitary procedures. <laughs> Whoa. Yes, hey. yes. Uh, oh.
1: uh, I love that there is a whole miniature subplot about how the girls and Carmine are going to be a musical act. They've been paid 25 bucks to go perform. Uh, they apparently have a triumphant night. We see none of it. Yes. See none of it at all. Yep. And nobody cares about their triumph at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of sad and yet hilarious, and also a tweaking of some of the show's tropes. Uh, I appreciated that a and lot. It it, it
2: it makes me think that in some ways the studio, it's the uh, the the episode like say that these episodes of the show with the studio audience is when the angels come to watch. But it turns out that the angels in heaven coming to watch is the bad luck charm. So whenever the angels yeah. are watching, everything goes chaotic. But when they're not watching, yeah. they're successful. Yeah,
1: yeah. Without the girls being there, the relationship would be over. It'd be over, over. Um, freaking end is dynamic as a couple is explored here very deeply. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, the show does a really good job of that. At least I thought so.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree. You
1: think so? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like you said, it, it tackles different ways the two of them have dealt with being in love before. And they're facing this scary new relationship, which is right, but could go south at any minute. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. They do a really good job of picking that apart.
2: Yeah. It's it's also... But, I find yeah. it interesting the... Um, There's always challenges in a relationship and, you know, there are, there's the small challenges, the minor annoyances, um, the, just the moments of patience that kind of sometimes add up a little bit, you know, it can be difficult, you know, and I, I see that I've seen them and experienced them and, you know, we all do. And then this episode shows is how does one react to the big ones? And yeah. the big ones are not necessarily a major thing, like someone getting a serious illness. Sometimes it's literally yeah. just the ex walks in the door, and yeah. you know, looking like a bill collector or something. And uh, and they, you know, there's that that can that fear that connect, you know, connection, the jealousy thing, you know, and the. Um, I think what's interesting is that Frank, as a person. You know, he's aware of the fact he's not a romantic. He's not a very feely guy. Yeah. He's he's a rageaholic. He uh, yeah. you know, I mean, he's, he's I mean, this is literally a businessman that's throwing his own product that he makes at he's throwing it at the door. He's throwing it at people. Yeah. You know, he's he's yeah. he's, he's smashing yeah. beer cans in his hand when he gets mad at his daughter, yeah. you know? Yeah. And. um. Uh. And so it's like he's a. It's kind of like it's it's almost like a self awareness that he becomes so ridiculously insecure. And it's also like the awareness I think of Edna of herself that I trust me because I know I'm with Frank. I you know I already tried being married to Johnny and it didn't work. And so you know I thought I thought that was interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. Edna has clearly been through a lot. She has clearly seen and done a lot of things as Laverne tries to say in a classy and gentle way and kind of fails at, uh, she's been through a lot. And Frank's been through comparatively less than her. And the way he tries to protect himself against the possible hurt is kind of touching the way. Because mostly we see Frank through the lens of Laverne Mm. how she reacts to him. And how he keeps pressuring her for grandchildren, and she's not ready for this. And he wants those grandkids, damn it. Uh, and through the lens of him helping everybody out in the group with money, with jobs, with uh, assistance. Uh, this is the first time we see him on his own terms. And the first time we see Edna on his own terms this is the first time we see the two of them through each other's eyes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Which I thought was really nice.
2: Yeah, um... And it's, you know, like, I, I, even just yes. the simplicity of the, uh, I mean, obviously, there's there's the great exchange yeah. you get to see them have when they have the fight in the pizza bowl, you know? It's like, I thought I had a check with you. Yeah. Uh, well, why? Well, I thought we were sort of going together. Where are we going? Yeah. Well, I just assumed you would care. You're over, t- but, you know, it's like, you're over 21, yeah. way over. And, yeah. you know, God, the women reacting yeah. in the audience to that, holy cow.
0: yeah,
2: um, yeah. Man, they, yeah. they are eating oh, that yeah. up, but also just screaming and howling. Um, yep, yep. And then, as you were saying, you know, getting to see a bit more Frank, like even the scene, like there, there's kind of interesting comparative scenes. You have Frank with the boys. You know, the boys are in the girls' apartment watching yes. the swimsuit competition. Yeah. Yes. And yes. then you have the the uh, Shirley talking to um, to Edna.
0: Yes.
2: And yes. Those, those are really yes. interesting moments. And I, I love how kind of in some respects on their side, but at the same time, they want to see the two of them work it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're trying to reason with her. And Laverne eventually goes to reason with her pop in his apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two of them are just trying to figure out you know, how to get them back together so they will stop yelling. They do not want their parental figures to fight. Yep. At all.
2: And, and they don't want to be called pickleheads.
1: Yeah, oh, I love that line. That, by the way, is an iconic line. Uh, David's delivery is incredible. All right. So remember we are pickleheads. We're the best damn pickleheads in the state of Milwaukee. Is just oh, it's perfect. It's so perfect. There is absolutely no reason for the boys to be in this episode, but I'm glad they are. Mm-hmm. Just with that line alone. Yep. I love the notion that they will not uh, pay for their own television set, even though they're constantly down in the girls' apartment watching their television set mm-hmm. when they're out, apparently.
2: Yeah, they watch a lot of TV, and I am completely unsurprised, especially at the, cho- the shows yeah. that they watch.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Also, um, who are you rooting for in this year's Miss Dairyland pageant?
1: <laughs> Miss Heavy Cream, obviously. Anyway. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, God. I, I love...
1: Spooky's on for Miss Yogurt and Smooth, apparently.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was smooth. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but... um. And what's interesting is how it's like Frank's checking up on her and she's very touched. But then, you know, of course, his wall comes back up and, you know, yeah, screws it up. It's like, damn it, yep. Frank.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's More talking. Yeah. Necessitating more help coming from, from the girls.
2: Mm-hmm. God. And when they have that argument down there, you know, yeah. the girls are proud yeah. of their show. They return. Yeah. I love the red L. You know, they look so cute in their outfits. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love that when Edna delivers that killing blow of a line, that he still treats me nicer than you do. The way they look at each other. Hmm. Ooh, the way they look at each other. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yep. Like a nonverbal. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. You can't say it, but it's true. Mm-hmm. It's, whoa. No lies detected. No lies detected at all. Yep.
2: Yeah, yeah it, it's a. <sighs> Because you and I even had this conversation about the, about, you know, yeah. re- just the other day about, you know, pet names. And it's like, hey, yeah. like, that is the worst. Yeah. That's the worst. That's yeah, my pet name for it. Yep. It's like, it's a, dude, <laughs> put a little effort in there, man. Yeah. Come on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is when he finally comes up with one at the end of the episode. Finally. Mm-hmm. Finally. <laughs> um, I wanted to reel it back to the boys being so hurt that they get called pickleheads. They're both so hurt about this. Uh, even though they don't seem to seek approval from Edna and M. Frank, they both seem to want to be thought of well by the two of them. They want to be thought of kindly by the two of them. And the fact that they're not is like a big, whoa. I thought that was sweet.
2: Yeah. it's. I also wonder if, what does a picklehead mean to them? Like, maybe yeah. they just don't like pickles. If they really specifically yeah. hate pickles, being called a picklehead, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Cause like if to them say the pickle is the thing you throw off of your hamburger, you know, your cheeseburger, yeah. then it's like you yeah. are the garbage that gets thrown out. I mean, that's, that's pretty low you on know, that perspective. They don't, obviously Frank didn't mean it that way, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. I, I think that, you know, they don't like to be called, they don't like to be told that they are dumb to their faces. Yeah, Even if sometimes they think they are dumb and they know they are dumb Actually, hearing it is hurtful, especially from your elders, yeah, especially from someone kind of respect in a way. Yep. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's why they're incredibly hurt on the whole thing. Okay, so, I love the line, that was my cousin. She You, guys, you got proof? <laughs> I love...
2: Oh, I man. I love
1: that she's... That, of course, he thinks that and of course yeah oh yeah really like you're being ridiculous stop it why are you jealous now right and he's just happy inconveniently jealous basically at this point mm-hmm. uh which is how he's processing his emotions it's now.
2: it's unreasonable jealousy you know that's it's it's yes. where it's like you, you've gotten on a tear and you're just going with it yeah and that's and that's the the sad thing about them fighting this way and it shows really a yeah. lot about the personality of them and and i know I don't want to get too ahead of where we're headed, you know, where we're going. Cause I know what's coming ahead, yeah. but you, you start to see that, you know, the raging loud, da da, 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 you know, that's very, and it's not hobbit, yeah. just Hobbit Italian. It's just a very loud and, a, and, like, you know, when you get mad, you get mad and you stay yeah. mad for as, almost like a, like a game as long as you can. I mean, yeah, he, there's this line. I have a note for this. Um, <laughs> I might bleep this impossibly, yeah. but, um, there's that line he says, like, I know you can't trust them. They're going on dates behind your back. And my, my line is a paraphrasing quote from Black Dynamite. Shameless Mr. DeFazio, you done fucked up now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, future yep, me, you, so can, you can bleep that if necessary. But, um, but, yep. but the thing is, you have to be a certain type of like st- like runaway train mad to say something that freaking yeah. stupid.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Flip like he is out of his head at that point. Yep. Uh, so then we move on to Shirley, and and this little conversation while and is helping Shirley tailor her dress, which she can't move in. She comes a plot point later.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to that in a second. Yes. <laughs> we
1: we'll get to that in a second. Though. I love. Uh, that she prefers to Frank's underwear as panties, Right. his little panties and everything.
2: Yeah. I wouldn't call them his panties. I'd call them circus tents.
1: Circus tents. Yeah. Circus tents. Beautiful. 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 Yeah. And then we find out that Frank's nickname for her is A.
2: Yeah. (laughs) God. Yeah. I mean that's 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 still awful. Uh, I mean when I love when uh, she gets her, her confidence up. It reminds me of uh, I have my note that's again like a little reference to Rocco's modern life. It's like, Yeah, Edna. Yeah, Edna. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you oh, you I'm I'm hoping that comes off as adorable and not pathetic that I'm still referencing a show that I watched when I was eight years old. Ah um, uh,
1: everybody talks about the stuff they watched when they were kids. I'm talking about something that we watched that I watched when I was a kid. Wait, I, I watched the show when I was tiny, so. Yeah, that's true. It comes to the territory. It comes to the territory.
2: Yeah. I, I also, by the way, I love the line delivery of that. You know, Edna's like, you really do have a knack for helping people. And the casualness that very, and it's a very new Hollywood casualness that is very Cindy. Is uh, it's like nothing. Like it's nothing. She doesn't say yeah. it's nothing or it's nothing or it is nothing. Don't worry about it. It's just nothing. I love that. The, the, the just, just, <laughs> It's nice. I love that. <laughs>
1: I love her delivery period. She's just very good at pulling out these little aspects. Of Shirley Yeah. It works.
2: Yep. Yeah. Um, a quick thing I want to mention, by the way, before I forget about this scene with Edna and Shirley is, um, there was, was I mistaken or was there some dollying and panning work when they kind of come around onto, onto Shirley and this, on this shot and these scenes.
1: No, definitely. Definitely.
2: I was, definitely, I was impressed. Definitely. There's a little bit of a crane movement when it follows, uh, Edna, yeah. as she goes to the door. I was, I was like, yeah. whoa! They actually had some, uh, some camera movement. It's nice.
1: Yeah, it worked out very nicely. And the boys come in. And
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pinned in here. Can, can someone get me out of this dress?
1: Somebody get this dress off of me! Hello.
2: <laughs> Looks like a job and for a couple a great- of pickleheads.
1: Yeah. Hey, that is a great entrance line for the two of them. It's probably the previous entrance line they get. No, actually there's a really great one. My one of my favorite ones is coming up next season. Uh next the first two episodes. Mm. Uh, but that's a pretty good entrance line for the two of them, and kind the, of the implication of her not being able to move the two of them getting that dress up. Oh <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> God, poor poor Cheryl. Uh, uh, yeah,
1: I love uh, the way that Laverne and Frank try to bond, and how they try to talk about their their problems and the situation. I love that she tries to get him to open up by playing baseball with him.
2: Right, yeah, just try a little, 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 little so catch, bad. little catch. Like, oh, little you're catch. not you're not playing with me, okay?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and then he just starts uh, talking about what he considers equal equal but real womanhood. When he considers, in his opinion, mm-hmm. we're going to say his opinion heavily and stress this heavily, his opinion of what a real wife does. His, you know, we find out Laverne's mom used to wake up at five in the morning to make sauce. Mm-hmm. And Laverne's like, she wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Yep. Sauce comes in cans now. Yeah,
2: and yeah, mama was mama and Edna Edna and sauce comes in yeah. cans now.
1: That's such a beautiful line. That's such a great line.
2: And I and I love and I love Frank. It's such Frank, you know the 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 way this. It's a very natural response. It's like if he was married. Yeah. If he was married, yeah. you wouldn't have to get up at five o'clock. I get up at five <laughs> o'clock. I do everything.
1: <laughs> I make the sauce. You can kind of picture that. Yeah. You can one hundred percent picture that.
2: Oh, totally, totally. And uh my mom got a big laugh at the <laughs> the moment when it's like if I was you know if I was married my husband you know what I want my, I want my husband to be Italian. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that. Oh man. Just she has to explain to her pop that romance is important. Maybe be a little romantic. Yep. Just a tiny bit romantic. Just a little romantic sauce. Yep.
2: Yep. I mean, I, I still, you know, I mean, this is something that, you know, is, is kind of unique about me and this, this kind of comes from, from my dad, the way is with my father is with my mother. And part of this is just about, you know, and I, and it's weird. I've like, I learned it. I was kind of pushed to unlearn it. I'm about to relearn it, et cetera. Yeah. I, I love being romantic. It, it always boggles me when yeah. I see men that don't want to be romantic with the women they love. Yeah. It's like, yeah. they're, they're special. Like, I mean, yes, I know I fall for the the trap of yeah. pedestaling. Um, as you, wow. you, as as Lisa, you well know now. <laughs> um, But
1: uh, now I like it. So okay.
2: But it's it's a case though of where those things matter because it's the same yeah. thing of like what I what I like, you know. Like there's there's a there's a sweetness and a kindness when you do something yeah. special when it's and the flowers are like the idea of it. That's the basic idea of it. But the point is the meaning that I thought of you and so I brought you something, you know. Or these flowers, I did this effort, I made this effort, you know, like, for the thought that he used to pick flowers for, you know, for Laverne's mother for his, you know, for his wife, you know, I mean, that that's a sign. And for him to have done that, and that was where I began to realize, like, wow, this and then how it turns into like, well, then you buy flowers, then it becomes about money. And it realizes that's the wall of cynicism. And that's the wall of grief that he surrounds himself with. It's almost in many ways, like the whole business of the pizza bowl was kind of, that's been his shield from the fact that he probably never really got over what, what happened.
1: Yeah. 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 So he's completely buried himself in his work, uh, devoted himself to Laverne's business and trying to fix her up with that guy. So she'll get married and he'll have grandkids to fill up his life. Mm-hmm. So now you can see why he is the way he is. Beautiful character, beautiful building mm-hmm. to the character. it's, just, it's perfect. It's really perfect. you got to give Phil Foster credit for knowing who his character is. Yep. And just going for it. Yep. You saw the same thing with Michael and David ready for Lenny and Squiggy.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Knowing who they are and uh, how they feel about things and how they react to things.
2: Yeah. The the stories I often hear about good long form media and the way they play with characters. And and you and I have heard somebody many stories about yeah. this i'm sure all of our you know our listeners out there have heard this as well about like bombs burgers or futurama yeah. and all these different shows you know other cartoons or other sitcoms um I'm trying to think of well even like you know like the way they would make certain insistences like they insist on a certain type of dress or a certain type of you know like um, um i'm thinking like fresh prince of bel-air and like how there was a certain yeah. element that they those actors defined their characters and i feel like Here's yeah. another example of how the, when given this opportunity, these actors, you know, David and Michael in one example, Phil in this example, yeah. they find ways to really bring these characters to life. One of the things I actually love is how Phil gave himself the room. And I'm curious how much him and Rafkin got to work with this, where there's some very subtle acting that Phil gives, especially in the way he quietly responds when Edna gives him the business and slams the door. That subtle acting yeah. and emotion. And, it, and it's, and, you know, my, my, I jokingly facetiously say, you know, somebody was paying attention to those 70s Cassavetes movies. But um, yeah. but at the same time, but, you so know, whatever. but it's, I am speaking legitimately that, you know, there are those little touches and the emotions like, like how he, he kind of knows the answer when he cries out, what does she give me? And Laverne, yeah. you know, says she keeps it from getting lonely pop, you know, yeah. and. Um,
1: yeah, it's a beautiful one.
2: And it's that awareness and as we were saying like it's like he is determined to stay indignant you know
1: yeah um, yeah 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 he's not going to be the one to give in if he's soft. right he is not going to be the one to be tender she has to be tender first and then he meant to be tender damn it mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
1: you know, mm-hmm. that's the ultimate frank defazio movie. that kind of takes us to the last scene well kind of last in the beginning of the episode uh where the girls have Carmine bring in a piano. They borrow a dress from Uncle Elliot's Wack Museum, but through Squiggy. Sort of everybody is teaming up in their own way so that they can create a nice evening uh, for Frank and Edna so that they will get back together. Again. Laverne's cooking. Shirley's singing. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's really sweet. The only thing about it is it's really sweet. Yep. That everybody's just kind of pitching it in their
2: way. Yeah. Oh, and I love Carmine's reaction to the dress. The audience likes it. Yeah. As as do I. I yeah. love that green dress. That is gorgeous. She wears it she beautifully. It. Yeah. It's, uh, I wanted. You know. I wanted. You know. Was it? Go out with me Friday night? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wear that dress. forever if you want. <laughs> I love that dress.
2: <laughs> you're gonna look silly. Yeah. You're gonna look silly you're bowling in it. Bowl.
1: <laughs> yeah. I can't bowl.
2: Can't bowl in this dress. Can't
1: bowl, period. <laughs> that whole Yeah, my mom
2: got a dream. laughing whoa out of that. Has that line you can't bowl anyway.
1: <laughs> and that's been established. That's been fully established by earlier canon that Shirley cannot bowl to save a life. Yep. <laughs> she is once again trying to be more athletic than she actually is. <laughs> but she's trying. She's trying, poor girl.
2: Yep. Um
1: uh, Laverne making her signature meal, her only meal that she knows how to make, which is lasagna, mm-hmm. for the family. Uh, everything about this scene is great because they are trying so hard. Uh, Cindy sings beautifully, by the way, mm-hmm. in this particular episode. She has a little musical.
2: Name. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. that you know she actually was the one that uh, put in the work for the singing lessons, and damn, does that show?
1: Yes, yep, yep, yep. She's the one who to vocal training. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets to sing again in season six, we're sing, 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 which we're going to get to eventually have feelings about and enjoy. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, the costumes for Betty Garrett are beautiful in this episode. I yes. wanted to specifically mention that. She looks so nice. She looks gorgeous in this episode. Uh, so specific shout out to the costume folks, whole costumes team, the wardrobe department. Yeah. Good work.
2: Uh, and and by the way, can I can I check your hat, sir?
1: <laughs> I love that Frank tries. He comes in in his suit. He's there with his anachronistic box of Whitman's chocolates, mm-hmm. which are clearly seventies Whitman's chocolates.
2: Oh God! Oops. My my dad still has. My dad does low <laughs> uh, low carb, so he has the sugar free. But he still has take. Uh, t- gets the Whitman sampler packs for those. So yeah, seeing yeah. that box is like, oh, that's familiar. They, they still do that design for the sugar free ones.
1: Yeah. yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. They have them. That's the exact same design that is still on the box uh, that they sell in stores to this day for the regular samplers. Uh, the chocolate is still not incredibly impressive. My grandmother loved it. My mother <laughs> loved it.
2: <laughs> oh man, that's a good chocolate diss. I love it. We're suddenly turning it into a food. I'm pack, a yes.
1: chocolate connoisseur. I love. Um, I like. I have a, a, a complex chocolate palette. <laughs> I like. I like Hershey's. That's fine. Uh is really good. They got a lot of little small batch brands that do great work.
2: Yeah. I'm but, I'm yeah. a yeah, I'm a Moonstar guy myself.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. I actually haven't tried them at all.
2: Yeah, and, uh, and we actually have a we have a Bernard's chocolataire uh, in Lake Oswego. Probably ooh. it's probably dead now because of the freaking pandemic, but yeah. um yeah anyway it's a bit, a bit, bit back, back on track sorry um i did want to point yes. i did want to lisa i wanted to point out your your great little mystery science theater riff style riff frank defazio is dudley moore
1: yes 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 that's exactly what i said when we watched the episode for the first time together he looked exactly like dudley moore and arthur yep i have no idea why the molar hat oh it's a hilarious little moment. yep i love and of course naturally date Sends into chaos. Mm-hmm. And they try to sing louder to cover the chaos. The chaos keeps happening until finally, finally, and then Frank ash it out. Finally. Finally. And Frank gets a couple of really nice lines. Mm-hmm. You want romance? Cesar Romero.
2: Yeah. You want romance Caesar Romero? Yeah. And yeah, that's a good one. I love the Italian wine goes in Italian body when he talks about, he's talking about yeah. the red wine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. that's yeah, really funny. Uh, and, of course, for me, the topper is the love confession. I love you and that's that.
2: And that's that. What did you say? It's so frank. Yeah. It's, it's so like frank. Cesar, Cesar yeah. Romero before that. And that's that. No, no, before, before, after Cesar Romero, before that's that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is so perfectly the two of them, so perfectly frank.
2: Yeah. That's
1: how you get convictions out of you. Yeah. So sweet. Sweet in its way.
2: I also was going to comment that I, I love the, if I don't mean it, I don't say it. that That's a really good way of knowing. There's some, you know, it's interesting, you know, I'm not a, it's weird. I take, I think yeah. sometimes too much what people say at face value, but at the same time, I'm also, I have difficulties accepting the positive things people say, which is yeah. interesting because there are some people that I know that's like, they don't say it if they don't mean it. And so you yeah. have to, you have to, and it's, it's kind of the way sometimes a little hard to believe him, but you know, the way Phil delivers that line and how consistent he's been with that character through the show. Yeah. He's made sure that yeah. everything he says, he means it. You know, it's, it's delivered yeah. like that. Yeah, And I, yep. oh, the intimate, gentle little kiss of when they make up is yeah. one of the sweetest yeah. things ever.
1: Oh, so cute. Yeah,
2: just Betty pours oh, everything. And, and Phil just does, adds yes. all these subtle tortured nuances through it. It's, it's magnificent. Yeah
1: yeah 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 it's so sweet it's so good it's satisfying and it's tender and wonderful Uh, kudos on the acting kudos writing perfect
2: but before we get too far along and we get you know to wrapping up on everything i also want to point out something i love in the date i love how laverne and shirley are super in each other's corner um, yeah. there are two exchanges. There's one towards the beginning of the date, which is you look beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. You look cute, which is super sweet. Um, th- it's like this pair against an obstacle. That's kind of real. It's it. And there's this kind of this energy, like, cause in this relationship, they're the kids and they're trying to get mommy and daddy back together, you know? And, yes. and this is them yes. being like very much like sisters. You even have yes. I love and I love this the delivery. You know, you think it was my song, and Laverne is, is suddenly goes, You were wonderful. You know.
1: Yes. It's, it's That was so fabulous. you was so fierce about it. You were wonderful.
2: Exactly. It's
1: so good. So sisterhood. So, so, so best friends. I will not let you think you were bored. You were so good. I love that. Oh, it's fabulous. It's beautiful.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's Good. so, I mean, I mean, all together, I mean, how do you feel? How do you feel about this episode?
1: Uh, this is about a 7.8 for me. Uh, this is my biggest problem with the episode is that maybe it's a little tiny bit disjointed with the girls mini plot and it almost didn't need to exist. The idea of them going off as much as I think is hilarious doing that gig. But on the other hand, everything else is so perfectly honed in with Edna and Frank. And the two of them grow as characters and the relationship grows, becomes more intimate, becomes sweeter. It works. The episode works. It works as a character drama, it's got a lot of funny bits. Uh, the girls are almost beside the point in this episode. And for an episode, uh, this is their show. For an episode that's not about them, uh, it's a really good episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoy. It. Yeah. Where are you on this one?
2: Yeah, I I feel very much the same. I feel yeah. I put it at about a pretty much a solid seven. Um, yeah. It's a maybe it's a seven and a half. You know, at highest, it's a. Um, there's some wonderfully genuine human moments in this that I re- really appeal to me. And as you as you point out, you know, that this is one of those episodes where they're not as central to the story. And there's a few that are like that, where the um the girls basically are in some ways catalysts in making that that particular episode a story about someone else. And this this does it really well. It's very interesting they end this season on this, but at the yeah. same time, it also sort of solidifies that it solidifies the sense of family. And yes. uh and it's, you know, and it's one of those, I think if you were going to excise the girls going on their trip with Carmine and, you know, the whole, that whole business and the dance number, the song and dance number at the beginning and et cetera, yeah. where would you fill in the space? I would fill it in with the boys would be where I would fill it in. Yeah. And
1: yeah, this is a very late on the boys episode.
2: Right. And it would be because then they would become in some respects part of the the family. And I, I feel like yeah. that's something I, I want to see more of is to see that, that element yeah. of where. The boys are kind of like the the goofy cousins, you know, the girls are like sisters, yeah. and then Frank and Edna are mom and dad, you know. That that's cause that's a yeah. dynamic that's been developing through this whole season that's that's gone yeah. really well. And um we've seen, you yeah. know, the crews handled it really well. I remember you mentioning that you know this is very much a found found family show, which, you know, it's yes. that's my jam, you know. Um yeah. so I'm very into that. And it's it this is I think it was kind of cool. They ended on that note. It just was interesting. It was ending it on that note with Frank and Edna, the, 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 the matriarch and patriarch of the, of that unit being the, um, the conclusion, but, but yeah, I, I greatly enjoyed it. And God, we have done so many episodes so far. And to think we're only, we have, it's three seasons in, we have yeah, five more yeah. to go. Yeah,
1: yeah. We are not quite at the halfway mark. We're going to be at the halfway mark when we hit season four. Yeah, we're going to see the boys sort of become more uh, an integrated part of the family as time goes on. It really kind of sinks in around season six, when they all have to band together against the wicked world that is California. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I've always thought it was a shame that... The boys never really got to bond more with uh, Edna and uh, Frank. They're more of a nuisance to them because they will not pay their caps. <laughs> they will not pay their debts. And thus, that's how they look at them, these two leeches that mulch not jump than. them.
0: Mm.
1: Was always, yeah, yeah. I kind of wanted more of that, too. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see how you feel as we get deeper into kingdom. Yeah. See how you feel about it. We yeah.
2: Will, we will see. Ooh. But anyways, I mean, yeah. I have to say, so overall season three, um, I will say one thing I'm looking forward to season three and doing the top five episodes for this year. Cause yeah. this is, this, this was a lot of really strong ones. It's I yeah. almost, I mean, season two was amazing and I, yeah. in some respects wonder when I really go back, I wonder if season three is going to be considered better because it's, it's so freaking mm. good. Um, yeah,
1: season four kind of hits a peak. Season five, too. Man. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, season six is pretty good, too. We'll get there. That's the ultimate slogan of this show. We'll get there. <laughs> this is definitely a strong season. Yeah. It's got a lot of strong episodes. Um, a debutante ball all-time classic. Uh, there's a lot of beautiful, funny, excellent episodes that need to be seen in this episode. In this season, I not right? that need to be watched, watch this season. If you have to buy only one DVD set, I'd probably say two, four, or two, five, four, or three would be your ultimate
2: purchase. So two, two, three, 4 okay. or five.
1: Yeah, two, three, four.
2: In numerical order.
1: Or out of order, in, in, matter, in correct numerical order, yes. Uh, but this is a darn strong season, I mean, they. Begin to take the girls in a very physical direction. Two established it, three continues it, four, we get to really strong stunt work. Uh, There's a lot of great, memorable episodes in the season. Uh, We get some really sweet, tender, heartbreaking moments, and while really out there, physical comedy. And that's the two extremes of Laverne and Shirley, and that's what the season embodies. So it is a darn good overall season. It's really, honestly, very good. So yeah. Cool. Come on, folks.
2: I can dig that. Mm. All right. Well, I guess if that's all for today, I mean that is all for today, right? Am I? Am I, Am I forgetting something? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I gotta, I gotta check my my notes here. Not to. It's okay. I think <laughs> I think the notes say it's it's uh, okay. That's it for today. All right. Um. Anyway, so thank you again, everybody, so much for joining us, especially those of you who have been with us through these first three seasons, and we hope we'll have you around for a lot more in the future. And um, if you would like to know more, please join us on social media. We can be found at Night After Night Pod on Facebook, Tumblr, WordPress, Patreon, or at Night F Night PC on Twitter. If you'd like to join us for, you know, we have got, you know, special threads and a little promotion type stuff and clips and pictures and... Animated gifts and all of that. All that great, crazy yeah. stuff and everything. So, Lisa, what to pray tell as we go into season four are we going to be dealing with next? It's
1: another two-part episode. The gang goes to Brooklyn to meet Laverne's grandmother and it's called The Festival.
2: Cool. It sounds very festive. I think I'm stuck. Oh, goodness gracious. I'm stuck in zap mode. Hopefully, <laughs> by the time we get there, I won't be talking like this. All right. Well, thanks, everybody and um poopsie